update. Good to see you folks here in uh, Union Grove Baptist Church. And uh, good to see you through the camera lens, those that are watching on the Internet and that will be watching this in the future. Uh, today is March 9th and uh, 2022, which we're right on. I mean, we call this real time. Yeah, this is live. Absolutely. All right, so uh, who are you? I know who you are. <laughs> what are you doing sitting up here? I've been asking myself the same question for several months now. Yeah, I can understand why. No. Uh, my name is Josh, and I'm the music director here at Unigrove Baptist Church and uh, involved in some other uh, teaching ministries as well here. And I get to come up here on Wednesdays and try to pronounce really hard words yeah. and uh, really enjoy doing the prophecy focus with with pastor rich so all right well josh josh is a good friend and i give him a hard time but it's all in it's all in christian love really. oh yeah i, I know you, i love you dearly i i realize it now. all right well that's good <laughs> all right well uh, we are coming to you from union grove baptist church union grove wisconsin uh, if you're in the milwaukee kenosha racine area you are definitely within driving distance of union grove it's about it's in racine county it's about 25 minutes south of milwaukee and just a hop, skip, and a stone's it's throw an easy from drive. Kenosha. It is. Uh, so we always invite folks to come and would love to see you uh, come here. Uh, we've been on uh, multiple radio and TV shows uh, this, this week already through VCY and VCY America. And uh, those that have been watching those things and might be tuning in tonight, you're always welcome here. And uh, uh, we had a caller today on our radio program and made the statement that... Uh, and uh, no disrespect, I have no idea what church she was referring to, but uh, churches that refuse to teach on the prophetic word uh, because they're worried about controversy or too many opinions and so forth. Well, uh, here at Union Grove Baptist Church, we have no problem teaching prophecy. We love to teach on it. We speak about it all the time. One-third of your Bible that you hold in your hands or on your cell phone or iPad, one-third of that is prophecy. So it's a it's a tremendous amount. You can hardly go well. You cannot go through a book in the Bible with except one without finding some prophetic concepts in it. So there's a lot in there. So again, uh, tonight, if you would like, you can uh, text in a message of concern or comment or question. And again, if we don't get to you in uh, the one hour that we have here Central Time, it's now seven oh seven. We'll be on till eight o'clock. I always respond to those who text uh, sometime in the immediate future so welcome josh good to see you buddy thanks it's great to be here all right now folks we're going to have to get a little bit serious tonight because what's taking place around the world is extremely serious uh, as a christian and as uh, uh the folks here that i love and care about and uh we have a we still have a good time despite what's taking place across the world so uh, it's not because we don't have any hope. We do. We have more than a hope. We have an assurance Amen. of what uh, the Lord has for us in the future. So with that, even though troublesome times are definitely uh, in the global picture, we have a little teeny issues going on here, basically economy issues, which we'll address in a few moments. But uh, we just keep on keeping on as we go through what we'll be discussing tonight. So we like to say here at Union Grove Baptist Church that we're a church that God's love is building, which is another reason we just love people, uh, which is why we love the folks that come here. And, uh, boy, you want to be a part of a loving group and a group that teaches and supports each other, 
this is the place to come. So we invite you to do that. We have uh, uh, just a couple of things for those watching. Uh, the Passover, we're going to have a full-blown Passover Seder meal right here at Union Grove Baptist. We're going to fill the gym up. The first 250 people that sign up uh, will be able to come. That's our capacity for this. Uh, so that'll be April 15th. Uh, we certainly want our folks here, if you've not already done so, this is going to be an amazing event. Uh, it'll be on uh, uh, Good Friday, as the day is called. We'll start at 5.30. It'll, it'll just be an amazing time. It'll be a strong Jewish fa flavor, but we'll be, it will also be talking about Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, in the Seder meal or the Passover, so you don't want to miss that. Starting Sunday, uh, we'll be going at 9 a.m., Jesus' journey toward our justification, the path to resurrection. So for the next five weeks, I'll be dealing with uh, the subject of uh, the Passion Week of Christ leading up to, of course, the resurrection. This Sunday, Jesus' triumphal journey into Jerusalem. So you'll enjoy that. You'll be challenged by it, and we'd love to have you. All right, Josh, why don't you introduce our topics for tonight? Okay, so we'll be looking at tonight the global impact of the Ukraine and Russian war, the global economy, the global players, and the national demise potential. All right. Which, so, which sounds apocalyptic. It does. And uh, we're going to see some, uh, and of course, most of you been watching the news. I literally, I get up uh, about 7, 7.30, and my... First thing I do is check what's happening in the global scene. Um, about when I go to bed a little after midnight, the uh, last thing we do is check up, see where what's happening on a global scale. So I, I think I'm pretty well up to speed, but stuff is bam, 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 happening at such a rapid yeah. thing. Um, as we speak, something might be happening, but we'll get into that. All right, I want to spend a few minutes going through something we didn't cover last week. How is uh, the media responding to what we're seeing? And just a couple of things from sanctioning and so forth that is going on. So if you want to start us out with uh, this piece on Russian sanctions. Russia sanctions the media. Russia targets independent media outlets. The Russian government is now targeting media outlets to block reporting on the invasion in Ukraine. The Russian prosecutor general's office ordered the censorship of the websites of Dazud Television, also known as TV Rain, an independent station, and the liberal Echo Mosfi radio station for allegedly promoting, quote, extremist activities regarding the actions of Russian forces during the, quote, special operation to protect the Donetsk People's Republic and the Luhansk People's Republic, according to the office. Information posted by the outlets contains calls for extremism, violence against the citizens of the Russian Federation, mass violations of public order and public safety, as well as for the participation of citizens of the Russian Federation in mass public events in violation of the requirements of the current legislation and the forcible overthrow of the constitutional order. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Tuesday Russian officials are warning the press that any reporting on the assault in Ukraine as, a, as an attack, an invasion, or a declaration of war will result in media outlets being blocked and fined. All right, so this is nothing new. It's unfortunate, but as soon as some major event takes place, what does the media do? Well, we know what happens in America. Uh, again, uh, we... Uh, the conservative side, I guess we'll call it, definitely looks at most of the 
media outlets as being biased, uh, not coming at it from a conservative tone, sometimes uh, sometimes skewing the truth, if you will, a bit uh, uh, to match up with what they want. So Russia's doing uh, a major piece of that. Uh, let's go back to the Constitution of America, which is something that uh, uh, when I was in the sheriff's office, the big thing was always in, uh, across the country, the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to be able to carry guns. All right, all for the Second Amendment. But I'm also for the First Amendment. The First Amendment makes it absolutely clear of freedom of speech and freedom of the press and freedom of religion. So uh, uh, I'm all, again, I, I'm more than happy to fight for every amendment, but when it comes to the First Amendment right for, to get accurate information from the media, to protect our right to assemble in a peaceable manner, uh, and to be able to preach the gospel, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty big on our agenda, and it Amen. needs to be. Yep. So when the media gets sanctioned, it's a problem because what does it do? What does it cut off to you? It <laughs> cuts off information, uh, things that you're not going to get. So this is a big issue, and it's an important issue. All right, one more. Uh, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced the European European Union would ban Russian state media channels, Russia Today and Sputnik. We will ban the Kremlin's media machine in the EU, she tweeted Sunday. The state-owned Russia Today and Sputnik and their subsidiaries will no longer be able to spread their lies to justify Putin's war. We are developing tools to ban their toxic and harmful disinformation in Europe. All right, so again, and those of you maybe watching for the first time or here for the first time, it's like, why are we looking at these things? Oh, this is a church. We should be looking at things from a biblical perspective. Well, folks, this is a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. We're examining current events in the light of Bible prophecy. So we're laying some of the groundwork right now. We're going to get into about a half a dozen biblical uh, passages in a few moments, but we want everybody to kind of, what is going on? Why is this going on? Don't get myopic. In other words, don't close off and say, okay, uh, this is about this little teeny issue of the media. No, it's about a big global issue and what's going to be taking place, what is taking place. And uh, as I always like to give the reference to uh, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, my mentor who's with the Lord now, who always made this statement, and boy, how accurate it is. God is right now setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. I promised him, uh, which he didn't hear me, but at his funeral and I was able to speak, I said, I guarantee that that message will continue to go forth, so it shall, and it is. All right, next, uh, let's go to some other media issues that we're seeing. All right, changes on Facebook and Instagram. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, is restricting access to RT and Sputnik across the European Union. Meta said it is working closely with governments on this issue. Tuesday, Meta announced further steps to prohibit Russian state media from profiting off its platforms. We are now prohibiting Russian state media from running ads or monetizing on our platform anywhere in the world, Meta Head of Security Policy Nathaniel Gleiker said. We also continue to apply labels to additional Russian state media. These changes have already begun rolling out and will continue into the weekend. All right. So, again, we're seeing uh, a a conservative, if you will, media, those in America, those that don't want to be getting, if you will, fake news. Any time a a wartime country, of course, they're going to put out propaganda. It always happens. Mm -hmm. And this is one way to at least slow down 
uh, what's taking place. So again, we're simply looking at how do you control the media? Well, this is one of the ways of doing it. You say, well, Bob, what does that have to do with the prophetic nexus? Well, if you go to Revelation chapter 13, which we're going to hit quite a few times tonight, Revelation 13, when you go to the one world government, when you go to the one world religion, and when you go to the one world economy, who's going to be controlling all that? Well, it's an individual that uh, in a biblical sense is called the beast or the antichrist, and he's going to be controlling everything. All these things are simply precursors of what's going to take place in a global situation. Prophecy, focus, what's the next word? Global update. Everything we're looking at tonight, we're looking at the global nexus, the prophetic nexus. Folks, again, and uh, uh, it came up again on Crosstalk today uh, when uh, somebody asked about that, and it's like, folks, when you look at what's taking place, everything is going global. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a second because I'll forget this one. While I was in the studio with Jim Schneider today, he gets something, but he's blowing in his ear somehow through his through his earpiece and saying, hey, we had just talked about the world economy and about cryptocurrency and what's going to be taking place in the future, is the word I used. He says, time out. He pops on the computer right during the, the broadcast, which is very disturbing because I'm trying to figure out how to fill time now. And he's <laughs> running through the computer and he, he says, I got breaking news. And I'm like, oh boy, what is it? President Biden, one hour before we went on air at 2 p.m. today, signed a bill about helping America go to cryptocurrency. Hmm. I about fell off my chair, hmm. and I held on to my wallet what's left of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is disturbing news, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, the world economy... President Biden is playing right into it. Uh, cryptocurrency is it's going to be on a global scale. Uh, the American dollar, which uh, Sunday I said I'd, I'd discuss it a little bit. One of the major currencies across the world right now is indeed the American dollar. Mm -hmm. What happens when all of a sudden the American dollar isn't worth anything and they take it off the market and go to, to a global cryptocurrency? Sounds they, like the future is now. It's, it's problematic, to say the least. We yeah. don't know that how that's going to transpire. We don't know what the conversion rates will be. And I just say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, I don't want to go through the math. Yeah. Amen. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, these things, I, I couldn't believe it. Right there while we were there, it's happening as we speak. All right, again, Prophecy Focus uh, Global Update. Uh, Unigrove Baptist Church, if you wish to text in a question or comment, 414 788 Six zero one zero. Well, let's go and learn some of the lessons our military is learning about what's taking place in Ukraine. I find this interesting. Military observers are flabbergasted that Russia's mighty invasion force has been able to move just tens of miles into Ukraine in nearly six days of fighting. One retired U.S. Army general told, told Newsweek, we know that Russia has a plotting army and that Russian military force has always been a blunt instrument. But why risk the antipathy of the entire planet if you have no prospect of achieving even minimal gains? The general believes that the only explanation is that the Kremlin overestimated its own forces. Yet Russia's military failures in Ukraine increase the threat of escalation, including the possibility of the use of nuclear weapons. 
In the longer term, however, if escalation doesn't worsen and the Ukrainian conflict can be contained, Russian conventional military weakness upends many assumptions that geopolitical strategists, even those inside the U.S. government, make about Russia as a military threat. All right, so what do we learn from this? This is, was actually written, and you can tell from the six-day comment that this was written last Wednesday. What has happened since then? So the, the current map, which I, I just looked at a few hours ago of what the progress is, it's still basically very slow. However, those of you that uh, might have watched uh, Fox News or Newsweek, some of the maps that they put up today, uh, Kiev, and I always want to say Kiev, uh, it's Kiev, uh, Kiev and uh, Ukraine, basically now they are they're getting pretty boxed in. So the forces, the Ukrainian or the Russian forces, along with all their allies, whoever that may be. Oh, did you say Syria? I didn't. We talked about Belarus, but not Syria. Yeah. How about Syria? Uh, Syrian, uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Russia, Syria, Iran, China, all major players in the end time scenario. We'll go to those passages in a few minutes. Uh, Syria sent, uh, and, and, oh, has anybody known that Russia has been in Syria for quite some time helping them out? Isn't that amazing? All falls into Bible prophecy. Uh, Syria we haven't talked about much, but it's in Daniel chapter 11, verses 36 to 45. talks about the king of the north. We're not talking about Russia this time. We're talking about Syria we're talking about, uh, from uh, Old Testament times, Damascus. Where's Damascus at? Syria. Syria. And then it talks about the king of the south. Now, here's a player that hasn't really come on the scene yet. So I'm carefully watching for when this country, the king of the south, all of a sudden kicks in. We're one step closer to uh, having every single country named in Scripture in the play. Who is, in uh, Daniel chapter 11, the king of the south? What? Empire, what nation, what country? Egypt. Egypt indeed. Egypt is going to become a major player. Right now, I'm, I'm interested to find out what's going on, but eventually Egypt's going to pop on the radar too to fulfill the biblical picture. All right, anybody heard about vacuum bombs? I wanted to get to this last week. We, we weren't able to get to it. A vacuum bomb which now today, and I had this up last week, but we just didn't have time to get to it. A vacuum bomb, if, have you ever watched uh, some of the uh, footage of Hiroshima when the atom bomb went off? Anybody see anything like that, those yeah. pictures back from when you were in school? All you forgot already? Uh, <laughs> it, it looks, it's, it's a mushroom cloud. So uh, the, the bomb explodes, boom, and all of a sudden uh, you've got this big mushroom overhead. Well, the vacuum bomb is, has a similar effect. It basically goes in bam, it goes off and kind of sucks everything up, which is kind of the, to a certain degree, uh, a nuclear concept. So uh, why don't you just real quick hit on that All one. All right. Russian forces have been accused of using thermobaric weapons, known as vacuum bombs, which have been denounced by more than 100 countries. Vacuum bombs are used to produce large, very hot explosions. They work in two stages. First, an explosion occurs, which sends a cloud of fuel or dust-like material into the air. The cloud then ignites, producing a fireball and a shock wave, which expands in all directions. Since the fire consumes the oxygen from the surrounding air, the explosion and initial shock wave leaves behind a vacuum and causes a negative pressure wave, which can cause trauma of the lungs. All right. Now, 
just for sake of discussion for a moment, let's talk about nuclear warheads and what their potential are. So there's uh, 1,200 and some known nuclear warheads that exist in the world today. That's what we know exists uh, that folks are willing to admit to. How much damage, and, I, and it's like I never even really looked at that and investigated it. Mm -hmm. From a research standpoint, if a nuclear one-ton megaton or a one-megaton nuclear warhead goes off, what is actually the destruction that happens? Everybody hears the word nuclear, and we go nuclear in our brain like, uh-oh, <laughs> this, this is not good. Well, it's not good. Uh, anything basically in uh, uh, an immediate area, it's, it's gone. It's, it's just uh, uh, the heat goes to 300,000, and I forget what the measurement wow. is, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's hundreds times hotter than uh, what they use for, and don't like to use a word, but cremation. Mm. It's just, it actually, I mean, just incinerate bodies that are uh, in close proximity. Uh, 10 miles, uh, not good. Uh, 50 miles, uh, you're still going to have serious repercussions, not necessarily die, uh, but uh, you're going to have repercussions the rest of your life from, from things that happen. So wow. when you look at a 50-mile radius around one bomb, uh, that's significant. Yeah. And that is on the table with uh, Russia, and uh, a lot of other folks have that particular weapon. So does that get everyone in the world's global attention? Yeah. It's got it. Because last week uh, we discussed it very briefly that Russia was literally putting their nuclear warheads on trucks and driving them right down the street. And why do you think they did that? It's a visual. Don't mess with us because. All right? It's, it's posturing. It's like when... Uh, the guy, the big bully in the schoolyard, what does he do? He takes his coat off, flexes his muscle, and everybody runs. <laughs> yeah. Same concept, but on a much, much bigger scale. All right, let's go to one more thing here. We're going to get into a popcorn kind of thing in a moment and go through a bunch of quick things. All right. Lavrov says, West, shut their eyes to Ukraine situation. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has accused the West of having shut their eyes to what he called violations of human rights by the Kyiv authorities. In a pre-recorded video message to the UN Human Rights Council, Lavrov said Ukrainian protests that led to the ousting of the pro-Kremlin former president Viktor uh, Yanukovych was wrongfully ignored by Western powers. The West have shut their eyes starting from 2013 when the radicals overthrew the legally elected president and started expelling everything Russian from the country, he said. Lavrov called the, on Kiev to open discussions with Russian-backed separatists in eastern Ukraine who took partial control of the Luhansk and Donetsk in uh, 2014. We hope that Kiev will come to his senses that they will start their dialogue with the population of Luhansk and Donetsk area, he said. Uh, during recent times, the criminal activities of the Kyiv regime were activized. Uh, we have a lot of evidence of violations of human rights by the Kyiv authorities. All right. Now that brings us to, we're going to go through about 10, 15 different, very quick, we're just going to, we're going to pop through mm -hmm. them to get you up to speed what's going on. In the process, we're going to pause on multiple of these and uh, look at the scriptural issues that'll be taking place. If you want to pop to Revelation 13, we're going to be in there a couple of times, so that's probably the, uh, and then uh, if you've got a, 
marker or however you do it with your electronic Bibles. Uh, have Ezekiel 38 tied up somewhere, and then yet we'll have a couple other passages that uh, we'll go to. All right, let's go to uh, first one. If I can get my machine, there we go. All right, Mary Upol, and I heard that country or that part of uh, Ukraine mentioned multiple times today. Uh, the pictures were all over the internet. If you watched it all, it's all over the news that this is a children's hospital that literally was bombed uh, uh, this morning or yesterday in their terms. Horrible uh, humanitarian issue. It's uh, uh, basically how in the world do you do that because Russia's pretty good at aiming their bombs at what they want to aim them at and their strikes at who they want to aim them at. There's literally hardly any excuse you can give for what took place here. So this really got the world's attention. You do not purposely go after specifically women and children. That's just a big no-no in global warfare. So this got everyone's attention. It's it's a tragic, tragic thing. Uh, nobody has any clue right now the death tolls that have come out of this, but it's it's just a horrific situation. Uh, what you're seeing now, and there's been a major shift in the way uh, the news is being analyzed, it was very, very much all military, military, military the first six days. Now they backed off quite a bit from the military, and they're going to humanitarian issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Red Cross is doing this. There's this group of folks that are suffering. This uh, alleged free route for people to be evacuated through is being shut down. Everything, uh, not everything, but a good portion of the news right now is going to these more why is these inhumane things being allowed to take place. By the way, what do you think Ukraine's position is towards America's humanitarian help and warfare time help. You all know what the answer is. Are they happy with us? Absolutely not. So we send a ton of money over to Ukraine, and I, I don't know, I, I've seen stuff as high as a, a, a trillion dollars supposedly being allocated to go over. Wow. Well, that, that helps. That's a good uh, a thing to do. But uh, they're still being bombed and blown up and massacred. Uh, money doesn't necessarily fix that. So yeah. it's a huge issue that the Ukrainians are facing. Uh, okay, let's talk very quickly a little bit about uh, Kiev suburbs are being evacuated. Now, again, Kiev is the capital. It's like Washington, D.C., if you will. And uh, uh, the big issue with uh, Putin is he wants control of Ukraine. He's got to get control of Kiev. That's the, that's the big enchilada, if you will, that he's got to get. He's got to get uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky to step down. He's got, he, he wants that power taken away from him, and they say, and of course we don't know what the truth is, uh, Putin is basically saying if you get a pro-Russian president in there, good. Well, that's what they say he's saying. I'm not buying it. I'm I'm strongly believing that uh, Russia wants complete control of it, and uh, the uh, Putin may put a person in charge of Ukraine in there, but it's going to be on his terms and his terms only, barring a miracle from God. All right, fuel prices. Anybody here bothered by the pump today? Yep. You're laughing. I ain't laughing. <laughs> uh, today, uh, yesterday, I went. It was three seventy nine. Uh, today, I walked by or drove by the same. Yeah, I'm gonna be walking. Uh, drove by the same gas station. It was three ninety eight or something like that. Uh, you know, it's just jumping, jumping, jumping. They're talking about five dollars a gallon coming up. 
and this is a major issue. Well, just very quickly, go to Revelation 13 about what's going to be coming, and uh, let's talk about an individual called the false prophet who will make alliance with the Antichrist or the beast. Uh, the Apostle John says that I saw another beast, speaking of the false prophet, coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. In other words, he, he, he looked it on the outside. He was charismatic. Uh, people liked him, but he spoke like a dragon. Who's the dragon in the Bible? Satan, Satan the devil. The uh, Bible explains that in the later passage. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to what? Worship the first beast, one world religion. Whose deadly wound was healed? Of course, uh, back in the uh, first part of when Antichrist comes on the scene, it says he comes on, it appears that he's uh, murdered, and all of a sudden comes back to life, so that deadly wound was healed. Verse 13, chapter 13 of Revelation. He, the false prophet, performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he has been granted to do in the sight of the beast or the Antichrist telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted to give breath to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast. Who is this beast? He is the religious, political, governmental leader that's going to come on the scene. He is the one world ruler. He's the global guy, and that's what's coming. All right, verse 16. He, the false prophet, causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is, and there's that number, the number of man, 666. So when we're looking at this issue, we know that there's going to be this global economy, a global uh, government and a global religious system. Now take your Bible, go back to Revelation chapter 6, and let's find out why there is a massive nexus here to what's going to be taking place. So the first four seal judgments, the first seal basically is the coming of the Antichrist. Uh, the second seal uh, speaks about another fire, a horse, fiery red, went out and was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another as there was given him a great sword. All right, so we've got tremendous violence that coming. What you're seeing in, in just in Ukraine-Russian war is going to be commonplace across the world. When we're looking at Revelation, it's not looking at a myopic little look at a country. It's looking at a world global situation. Gets our attention. This is all coming uh, in the future. We look at the third seal, and here's where I want to park for a moment. Verse 5, chapter 6, when he, uh, speaking of Christ, is the one opening the seals, when Jesus opens the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he sat on it, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, we're talking about a, 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 the four living creatures, our angelic beings in heaven, a quart of wheat for a denarius, one day's wage, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. We're not talking about oil as in petroleum. We're talking about uh, oil such as olive oil and stuff that's used to uh, cook with and things like that. What's he saying here? 
He's saying in the future there's going to be such a devastating uh, uh, effect across the world based on the violence, based on the other catastrophic things taking place, that there's going to be massive famine. Well, what else is going to be taking place? When you talk about wars from Matthew chapter 24, what happens in wartime? You'll hear about wars and rumors of wars, nations rising against nations, kingdom against kingdoms. We're seeing a precursor to that as we speak right now. What is the end result? Do you see what one little war is doing to your gas prices? I mean, if anybody's happy about that, please see me in my office. I need to uh, help you. <laughs> and when all seriousness, this ought to get our attention. This is a global issue. Now, you should, here, here's, you're going to get me political, and I want to get political. Here's the major issue that's happening as we speak right now. This week, President Biden, and again, whether you're for or against him, that's not the issue. This is a, a, a fact of what took place. What did he say we were going to do with Russian oil into America? What's going to happen now? Shut it off, all right, which is one of our major suppliers. Of course, uh, Putin is raising the prices to, to be ridiculous anyway, so whatever. So the issue was, well, if we shut off Russian oil, it's going to sanction them, and they won't be able to fight against what country? What country? Ukraine. Ukraine, okay. I'm, I'm trying to be simple. So now the next move is this with the American government. All right, so we're not going to accept Russian oil. Who's the next major player that they're going to take oil from and buy from? Starts with an I. Iran. Are you serious? We're going to fund Iran, who is our probably one of our biggest enemies. They want to blow up Israel, the little Satan, and they want to blow up the big Satan. Who's the big Satan? You're looking in the mirror, folks. It's us. All right? So instead of funding Russia, if you will, to blow up Ukraine, which I don't think is a good idea, now we're switching to Iranian oil so basically we can help build their weapon system so that they potentially can attack America someday. Now, I don't want to go to the next step of that, but I'm going to. The constant question is, and today and Monday and Wednesday on the radio and TV, what happens with America? Well, that's a wonderful question, and the answer is we don't know. America has never, and I, I know some folks will disagree with me on this, but America is literally never talked about in the Scriptures. We're a non-entity. What we do is we get out our American myopic glasses and think everything revolves around us hate to say it, folks, nothing revolves around us from a biblical standpoint. In fact, according to the Scripture, here's a question that most of you can answer if you've been here for more than a day or two. What country does every single thing in this world revolve around? Israel. Israel. Where do we get that from? Well, of course, the only book that matters is the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 5. All nations surround what? Israel. Israel is the focal point of God's eye. She's the apple of God's eye. She has got the history through the Abrahamic land, Davidic, and New Covenants. All things are going to Israel one day where she will become the main player. Anything you want to pop in? No, I'm, I'm good. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go to the next one. Two million refugees flee Ukraine. Now, every single day that number's going up uh, several hundred thousand. Two million people. 
How many, and of course I had to know this number, how many people actually live in the in Ukraine? Anybody know? 44 million. You win. Uh, give him a Starbucks later. I'll okay. charge him five bucks for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Will do. Uh, <laughs> but that's true. 44 million people in Ukraine. Two million have already been evacuated, if you will, as refugees going to several uh, European countries. Uh, and it's just going to keep growing. Folks, that's a humanitarian crisis when you got millions of people leaving one country to go into another. Uh, all the, oh, I shouldn't go here. All the, all the NATO-aligned nations are going to understand what we do with our borders now with the amount of people yeah. we let in. Yeah, Folks, that's no joke. That's a reality. All right, uh, hit the next one. So Biden stops import of Russian gas. Uh, in Romans 13.1, we read that God puts government leaders in place for such a time as this to fulfill his will. All right. Why don't you take a look at that? Because this is, this is a tough one for a lot of Christians to comprehend and accept even. So it's like, why in the world would God put anti-Christian pagan people, those that are going towards the world government, why would the Lord allow that to happen? Well, to fulfill his will, of course. You see, when we look at uh, what is God doing and why, why is God allowing, if you, if you will, bad things to happen to good people? That's the constant uh, question among God's people. How can these things happen? I had a lady that called in today, and, I, and she's like, you know, uh, nothing adds up. Uh, everything should be about God's love. And I'm like, well, I hate to say it, but uh, let's go back to what happened during the times when Jesus was here. What did they do to Jesus? They murdered him. Yeah. What did they do to the 12 disciples? They murdered them, maybe except one for maybe one. What did they do to the early first century Christians? They murdered them. They martyred them. They put them on crosses. They boiled them in uh, oil. They put them on stakes. They burned them alive. God said, all who will live godly in Christ, Jesus will suffer what? Persecution. Persecutions right there in black and white. So, folks, uh, you're like, well, I didn't sign up for that, and I didn't either. None of us signed up for that. But God said, listen, if you're going to walk with God, those are very real possibilities. Uh, so when we look at this, and we said this again today on a national scale, what is the worst thing that can happen to you as a Christian? You die and go where? Heaven. Oh, we die and go to the most magnificent, wondrous place with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> And you say, well, I'm looking forward to going and seeing Jesus, but I'm not real happy about the journey that I may take to get there. And I understand that, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I feel the same way. Uh, none of us want to be martyred. None of us want to go through this, and God willing, we won't. Uh, that's why we keep praying, come Lord Jesus, get us out of here. Uh, but this is coming. But anyway, Revel or Romans 13, 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Uh, we're not going to get in all the details of that and, well, when should we war, when shouldn't we, when, when should we take up arms, when shouldn't we. What, we. what I want us to get from this is God puts people in place for such a time as this, and he's going to use them to accomplish his will, including uh, the economic issues that we're facing that will become global. You know, just to add to that, he's also put us where we are. Now, we're not leading countries, but... He's put us where we are for such a time as this as well. That's a good point. 
And I'm going to ask you the same question I've been asked multiple times this week. From your perspective, what should the Christian, not I can call it the Christian church, but what should each individual Christian be doing in these times? Sharing the love of Christ with the world. Uh, the people around us that God brings into our circle of influence, uh, we can we can be sharing because they're they're asking the same questions we are. Uh, they just they don't have God's word that we do to lean on. So, Second yeah. Corinthians chapter five verse twenty. Know you not or uh, no? I'll get it right. You are what for Christ? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. All right. So just as uh, God would, or just as our government hires ambassadors to go around and tell about whatever country uh, is being represented, we're God's ambassadors. You are an ambassador. Did you get that? Like, oh, that's God needs you. What would happen to an ambassador? Uh, well, I don't know what happened under this administration, uh, at least under some administrations. If you weren't doing your job as an ambassador, what's going to happen to you? They're going to fire you. It's like, I don't need an ambassador that's not promoting our country and protecting our interests. And God says, listen, I need ambassadors that are going to promote uh, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and promote him. All right. Uh, do you have a little, any information? Uh, and some people don't know what this means. Well, all I know is the no-fly zone is uh, there's no-fly zones above Ukraine or the surrounding area, which allows uh, Russian uh, aircraft to bomb and attack at will. All right, so, and I actually, I wasn't 100% sure on the definition of this. When you declare as a nation that, let's just call it Ukraine, is a no-fly zone, we say as Americans, you do not fly over Ukraine. Okay, so we flex our muscles and say don't do it. What are the repercussions of somebody that enters a country's no-fly zone? Get shot down. Down you go. So when uh, and I honestly didn't get the ramif the whole ramifications of this. It's like, what does that mean? It means if Ru if uh, a NATO country, which is basically on Andy, make sure I get this right, on uh, <laughs> the west side of Russia, correct? There you go. I have to go to my history or my geography student here, <laughs> or uh, expert, not student. Uh, so on the west side of uh, of uh, Ukraine, you've got a bunch of NATO nations, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. America is part of that group along with uh, a bunch of other countries. And uh, uh, Zelensky, or, or uh, not Zelensky, uh, uh, Vladimir Putin said, if you declare as a nation a no-fly zone, which Vladimir Zelensky wants declared, he's like, you're declaring war on Russia. And in essence, you are. Because if a Russian fighter jet comes flying over Ukraine and Germany said it's a no-fly zone, what does Germany have the right to do based on that? Shoot it down. Boom. Go right after a, a Russian aircraft going over Ukraine. So to say it's a no-fly zone when you know, absolutely know, that Russia is going to be flying over there, that's declaring war on them. So it's a, it's a very, very difficult situation. All right, nuclear threat. Uh... We could go to multiple places. Uh, the one I like to go to, if you, this is a verse that every single person is, this is one of those that you should have memorized. Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, and I'll, Josh, I'll let you look that up. Okay. Revelation chapter 6, there's multiple places while you're going to that. 
uh, that talk about, again, the violence that's going to be taking place. When you go to Revelation chapter 6 and that second seal judgment, what are we looking at? Massive violence. Go down to uh, uh, the fourth. I've got to get in the right book here. I'm in the right book. I'm just not in the right place. I am in the Bible. All right, so let's go to Revelation 6 real quick. And uh, we're looking at horrible things that will be taking place. So Revelation chapter 6, verse 4, we have this horrible violence that's taking place. Go down to verse 7 of Revelation chapter 6. When he, Jesus, opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death. And Hades followed with him, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, hunger, death, and beast of the field. Wait a second. What is he talking about? There's 7.3 billion people on the earth today. One-fourth of them will be wiped out in the first part of the tribulation. We're seeing the precursors of that, if you will, in Ukraine on a very, very tiny scale. There's several thousand people that have died there. That's horrible. It's tragic shouldn't happen. Now we're talking 1.8 billion people in the first part of the tribulation that die. Turn your page to Revelation chapter 9, and I believe it's uh, verse 18. Sure I got it right. Okay, by these three plagues, Revelation uh, 9, 18, by these three plagues, the third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. Is that uh, talking about a nuclear issue? Who knows? Verse 19, for their powers in their mouth and in their tails, and their tails are like serpents, having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who are not killed by these plagues do not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons, uh, idols, gold, silver, and all these other things. Now, uh, i got to go back and find what I'm looking for. Why don't you read that one, and I'll find it real quick, and we'll move on. Matthew 24, 22. It says, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. All right. What I'm looking for, and I usually have this right, but I'm not getting the right verse. What we're looking for in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 9, we're going to see that one-fourth or one-third of those that are left on the earth will be destroyed. So we have one-fourth of uh, uh, everyone destroyed in Revelation 6 and in Revelation 9. And if somebody can find the verse, I'm not finding it while I'm talking, uh, one-third of that. So 50% of the world's population will die during that time. All right, so... Verse 15. 15, thank you. You're my hero. All right, verse 15, Revelation 9. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. So now we're up to 3.6 billion people based on the current statistics of individuals that will die. Folks, that's devastating. When you're talking a few thousand peoples and they, uh, people and they had it in the news, it's like, man, we had like 50 people died in one place. We had to bury them in a joint grave. Why? You don't have time to dig 50 graves when you're in the middle of war. Yeah. So just like during the Holocaust, hundreds of individuals were basically tossed into trenches and, and covered with dirt. These are the kind of things that will be taking place. Now, let me say this, and uh, I know this is very harsh things, and they're very scary things, 
And if you look around, there's no children in the room right now. And I know some parents, they get very concerned. It's like, ah, oh, man, I really don't want my children to hear these things. And I understand that, and we should be uh, cautious and careful about that. But, folks, these are things that we need to know. Uh, and, it, by the way, that's why we have junior church and things that you can take your children to uh, when we're on uh, heavy prophetic subjects. It is unpleasant, and I get that. But, by the way, folks, uh, do you tell, are you willing to tell your children about an awful place called the Lake of Fire and Hell, or is that off-limits for children? No. Well, we may not like the subject. I don't like the subject, but uh, it's as real as can be. And the uh, Bible said don't, forget, don't forbid the little children to come on unto me. So uh, always be cautious. Always explain the love of Christ when these kind of topics come up. And if by chance your children hear something that you're like, oh, boy, that was a little, uh, maybe a little further than I would have liked to have heard today, take them aside and talk it over with them. Uh, they need to know uh, uh, from your perspective uh, how to handle these things uh, that are happening. They, by the way, when are, would you watch the news without your children in the room? Most of you will say, well, yeah, they, they're in there. How many of your kids got uh, cell phones? I'm shocked at the, the age of kids that have cell phones now. I mean, my mom wouldn't let me talk on the phone when I was a kid, <laughs> much less have my own phone. And now everybody's got one. They know everything. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. So uh, they're going to be scared, concerned. So keep that in mind. All I, right. I was between five and six. My pastor preached a message on a Sunday night about hell. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for that, you know, and that's what led me to put my faith in Christ. So yeah. it, it's tough, it's and I get it. And, it, and it's harsh stuff, but... We can't keep people in the dark. Uh, how'd you like to be in a Ukrainian child right now, one of those two million refugees that just spent uh, a day and a half on a train, mom crying, nothing to play with, nothing to eat? Uh, that's reality, folks, for, for children in those parts. We've been mollycoddled and, and, and basically kept away from horrible things, and there's nothing wrong with protecting your children. I'm all for protecting children. But there's sometimes that even harsh things... Uh, they're going to see, they're going to hear, and that's where mom and dad can come in and explain from your perspective things that are going on. All right, we've already looked at the economic massive threat that's going to be taking place. We talked a bit about the bitcoins and all these things taking place. Uh, we could go to Ezekiel 37 and talk about the regathering of the Jewish people. Uh, Jim Schneider made mention today, he's like, Rich, uh, what, do you, what do you see happening with the Jewish people in Ukraine? And I said, brother, you give me goosebumps right now. Because you go to Ezekiel 37, and God said, what's going to happen with the Jewish people scattered all over the world? He's going to bring them back to Israel. And uh, I don't know if they're here tonight. I think they're on the road. I talked to a, a, a couple a week ago Sunday, and uh, they were telling me the story. And I told this, I think, Sunday night. They were, not Sunday night, but sometime Sunday. And uh, basically, uh, this Jewish, young Jewish, or this Jewish couple, not necessarily young, uh, mom and dad are, are in bed sleeping. They both wake up at the same time, and they look at each other, and they made this comment. We need to go back to Israel. And he looks at her. She looks at him. She's like, what are you talking about? That's the same thing that I just thought. <laughs> and he's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And they're like, yeah, we need to go back to Israel. That means they've got to quit their jobs, give up everything they have, get on a plane, go to Israel to start from scratch. So, uh, 7.5 million people Jewish have done that. Why? They don't have any money there. They don't have any jobs there. They don't have any security there. Why are they going? Because God said you're going. 
It's an amazing thing. I mean, you talk about a miraculous thing taking place right now in our lifetime. Ezekiel 37 is coming to pass exactly as God stated. Go ahead. American dollar is subject to be rejected by other countries as they consider global currency. Did we talk about that? Yep. Next. Go ahead. Uh, Syrian fighters are poised to help Russia. Can you stretch that out a little? Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Daniel 11, 36 through 45. Oh, there you go. If you take it and read it, please. Yeah, let me just find it here. It's in the D section. Thanks. <laughs> and now I'm going to... I got an excuse. I got a new Bible. My pages stick together still. Oh, man. I know yours stick together because you draw food on them. Yeah. That's yep, it. that's <laughs> it. All right, finally, <laughs> Daniel, chapter 11, verse 36. Uh, through 45. Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the god of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any god. For he shall magnify himself above them all, but in their place he shall honor a god of fortresses, and a god which his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign god, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and to divide the land for gain. At that time, at the time of the and the king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, over all the precious things of Egypt. Also the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. But news from the east and the north shall trouble him, therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seats, uh, between the seas and the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end and no one will help him. All right, so what is all that saying? It's a lot of information in a quick time. Here's the summary piece of this. Starting in verse 36 of Daniel 11, it's all prophecy. Everything up to verse 35 is past history, things that we already know have taken place and can document it. It's one of the most detailed uh, set of 35 verses in the Bible. Now we're talking about a king, a willful king known as, and because of time, all I can do is tell you the answers. The king is the Antichrist here. He's going to rise up. He's going to be extremely powerful. The king of the north, or Syria, and the king of the south, Egypt, are going to be major players in the future. So, when again, why are we looking at this thing? Why do we care about Syria? Because Syria, being part of the prophetic future picture, is starting to become a player. And Russia's made him a player. So it's just very interesting how all these pieces are fitting together. All right, uh, let's see. Get close to the last one here. Destruction of America, Zechariah 14.2, quote, all nations that exist will go to Armageddon. And that's it. We've talked about it. America is never discussed in Bible prophecy. Anyone who says America is in Bible prophecy is spiritualizing or allegorizing the text. And, of course, uh, from our perspective, that is poor 
exegesis as poor hermeneutics, meaning Bible interpretation. So is America going to exist? We don't know. If she does, she will be present at Armageddon. All right, so now let's talk about China. China's risen up. We've talked about it here many times. Uh, we can't go through the verses, but you go through Revelation 16. Uh, we get down to uh, the river Euphrates being dried up. So the kings of the east and China being one of the major players will attack Israel in the final days of, the, of, uh, of uh, I'll get it, tribulation. Uh, the tribulation period at the Battle of Armageddon. So China's going to be around for a good long time, and it will be here through that seven-year uh, period of horrible times known as the tribulation. Now, you already answered this one, Josh. Uh, outside of uh, uh, evangelizing, what else can Christians do right now? What else do you think they should do? Well, we can uh, continue to study our Bibles and to understand things from God's perspective. I think we can. I think that's important. Uh, continuing to build our relationship with the Lord through prayer um, and just encouraging other believers, I think, is also very important right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to close with this. Uh, again, those that are troubled, you're, some, and I know, and nobody, some will admit it, some, uh, some don't want to, but so many Christians right now, I'm scared. I don't know what's coming. Uh, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my children? What's going to happen to my family? Am I going to be able to afford gas next week? Am I going to have a home? Is my money going to be, uh, be taken away by governmental issues and so forth? Folks, uh, again, the Bible says, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. One of our dear ladies prayed tonight from Romans chapter 8. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Proverbs Amen. 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. If you do, he'll, he'll fret. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Now that path may have a few, few stones in it. Maybe a few rocks are going to fall over, a couple of uh, pieces of wood that you're going to trip over. But folks, remember... You know Jesus Christ if you're a Savior. If you've accepted the free gift of eternal life through placing your faith and trust in Him, the worst thing that can happen to you is going to the best place on earth and living for eternity with Jesus Christ. And that's a good thing. Amen. Josh, would you close us out in prayer, please? Father, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for the time we've had to go through different events that was, as we see them happening around us. Uh, as Pastor has said, Lord, please help us to stay focused on you and on your word and on your wisdom. Lord, our, our viewpoint is very small compared to yours especially. So please help us to continue to walk by faith and continue to be ambassadors for Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, folks. Have a great night. Go get your kitties.